0: Welcome to the C3 Coffs Harbour podcast. Today's message is a recording from our online service. To join our online church community, visit c3ch.online.church and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Enjoy the message. Good morning everybody. Welcome to our very last online service uh, and we hope for a very long time, um, as I was preparing for this message today, I just was thinking about um, the year that's been, and as you know, there'd be no surprises. It's been a crazy year, but just in particular, um, just how we've we've gone as a church through this year, and just looking at at the very start, we did the series "How to Unhurry." And and looked at just the pace at which we live life, and how to simplify our life, connect with God, and live a life that's more in step with the speed of life that He would have for us, rather than the speed of life that's being thrown at us by the world. And, and I can't, I couldn't help but think that that really set us up um, to help us with w- what happened over the the whole COVID period for the last eight months, and then. And then and during that, we, we spent like a good three or four months going through the book of Romans. Um, as one of our first series we did at online church, getting a real solid foundation in theology around Jesus, around salvation. Um, and the, one of the big things he looked at was in Romans 2, how it talks about the, it's the kindness of God that leads to salvation. And I just love the book of Romans. I love teaching it. I love reading it. I love studying it. Uh, it's just such a solid book for us to really grasp what it is to be a Christian, and what it is that Jesus has done for us. And over the last couple of months, we've been in this series, Above All Else, um, unpackaging this book, Richard Foster's uh, Celebration of Discipline. And uh, the whole overarching theme has been Proverbs 4.23, which says, Above all else, guard your heart. And in a time of incredible um, technological advancement, where information is being perverted through the world at record rates uh, and so much information is being thrown at us, we really must guard our hearts because all this stuff that we are receiving is getting inside of us and that's going to outwork in in how we live this life. And so this book has been a real great guide for us in um, just taking a stock take of our life and and helping us to put disciplines in place that ultimately will guard our heart. And, And as I was thinking, it's It's almost like this book. Is, um, have you ever been to like a doctor had like a checkup? It's like you just go have a general checkup and he tests all the different things and puts your knee up on the bench and kicks it, uh, does a little reflex test or, you know, puts the little paddle down your throat and looks at your throat and uh, your eyes and ears. And, and, and I I kind of think that this book is, is like that general spiritual and lifestyle checkup for us. And so over the different weeks, we've, we've exposed and looked at, um, how we go in, in regards to meditation. And how did you pull up when you measured yourself or assessed yourself with meditation? Are you somebody who is good at meditation or probably needs to work on their meditation and filling their hearts and minds with the things of God? Um, then we looked at uh, prayer, and Pastor Steve Godfrey unpackaged uh, a brilliant message on prayer about how we are co-workers with Christ. And when we pray, we should be praying into the mission that God has for us, um, not just making our prayers self-centered or self-focused, but having an expectation that God will use our prayers to help us outwork His mission and plan for us in this life. So how are you with prayer? How, would you, how do you assess yourself in that area of prayer? The next we looked at fasting the importance of fasting. How did your assessment of yourself go with fasting? Then we looked at studying and, and how we study God's Word and we study life and we study the Spirit. Um, how did you pull up with that? Um, simplicity. Living a life that is uncomplicated and simple, and that is the heartbeat that Anna and I have for the next phase of the life of our church, is to bring us to a place of doing church simply. And so we want to live our life simply, uncomplicated. We want our church expression of faith to be simple as well. So how are you with living a life of simplicity? Um, Solitude. How, how solitude going for you? Do you find time where you can just be alone with God, where you find yourself captivated by the presence of God, that refuels you and replenishes you in this life? What about submission? Uh, again, keeping with the theme of um, we're in the doctor surgery and we're getting a general assessment done. Um, so, how do you go with submission? Does does it? challenge your uh, idea of authority does it challenge your idea of pride or or are you somebody who can submit to go with the flow for the greater call and the greater cause that God would have for us and then last week we looked at service about how Jesus set the example and tells us to be a servant of all that ultimately nothing is beneath us that, that if something needs to be done we just do it uh, and far, far too many times I've seen people go, oh, I don't do that because I don't feel God called me to do that thing, or I just need to pray about it. When oftentimes, if a job needs to be done, a servant will just get it done and do that. So how did you go with those assessments of those things? Um, today, as we go into our next discipline, it's going to be like, if, if we go with this analogy of the doctor surgery doing the checkup, it's almost like this one is the doctor going, Oh! What's that Band-Aid there? And then peeling that Band-Aid off and exposing a wound that we have tried to cover up and pretend like it's okay. And the doctor, Jesus, is going to expose those things today and go, all right, maybe we need to address this particular issue that you've put a skin-colored Band-Aid over in the attempt that he won't notice or nobody else will know. So that today, that discipline is the discipline of confession. And uh, so we're going to go through that today and look at what it means to live a life where we um, are disciplined by this sense of confessing our sins. Um, At the heart of God is a desire to give and a desire to forgive. John 3:16 clearly says for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God gave Jesus his son ultimately for the forgiveness of the sins of humanity so that people can be restored to a loving and interactive relationship with God the Father. This, um, uh, this set in motion, this, this redemptive process um, that, that culminated in the cross and was confirmed in the resurrection of Jesus. And so now you and I live in this process of, uh, of redemption because of what Jesus did. Uh, it's the love of God that brought Jesus to the cross. It wasn't God's hatred of people and their silliness and their sinfulness. It was the love of God that compelled him to offer his son freely as the once and for all sacrifice for everyone's sin. Um, Without the cross, the the discipline of confession would just be a a, a psychological therapeutic process. Um, But it it is much more it involves an objective change in our relationship with god and a subjective change in us it means the the healing and transformation of our inner spirit Um, and i know this to be true not just because the bible teaches us this but i've seen it in hundreds of people's lives i've seen the power of confession to set people free in that redemptive process of salvation that god has for us uh, in so many people's lives and firsthand in my own life the the discipline of confession is a, a consciously chosen course of action that brings us into the shadow of God that will grow us in maturity as his disciple. It's, it, it's, a, it's a thing that God gives us that will shape us and grow us. And James 5.16 says this, that that therefore confess your sins to one another that you might be healed. There is a sense of healing that comes through confession. Um, but confession, as, as you would know, um, and as I would know, is difficult for a number of reasons. It's difficult because, it, first of all, it makes us vulnerable. Uh, it, it can be embarrassing. It can be exposing. And the second thing is that the, we've bought into this idea that the, the, the church is filled with saints and and we forget the fact that it's actually filled with sinners who are being saved by god's grace and so um so, so we don't want to share our sin or share our struggles because we feel like we are isolated in that and we're all alone. And we judge ourselves based on what we see others, how others project themselves. And we find ourselves going, well, I don't measure up to that. And so like we talked about last week, this comparison thing kicks in. And whenever there's comparison, someone's always the winner. Someone's always the loser. Someone leaves with a sense of superiority, which feeds their pride. And someone leaves with a sense of inferiority, which feeds their shame. And confession uh, is one of those tools that we can use, one of these disciplines that we can bring in that actually will free us from that thing of comparison when we realize that we're actually all in this together and we all struggle with this thing called sin. Um, We must remember that the church is not a resort for the righteous, it is a hospital for the sick who desperately need a doctor, who desperately need Jesus. Um, And it won't take you long to realize through this discipline of um, confession um, that others struggle with similar things that we do. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If you're not sure who he uh, who he is, or haven't studied him, uh, he is a, a pastor who lived in Germany um, through the, the the horrible years of the Holocaust and things like that, and and w- was instrumental in the rebuilding of the church. And so, I would encourage you to read biographies about him. His mind, his wit, his intellect, and his spirit is something worth studying and emulating. He is an absolute beast. So he writes this in, in this. Regard A man who confesses his sin in the presence of a brother knows that he is no longer alone with himself. He experiences the presence of God in the reality of other people. As long as I am by myself in confession of my sins, everything remains in the dark. But in the presence of a brother, the sin has to be brought into the light." So when we bring our sins for, we confess our sins to one another. Uh, James would say we are healed and Bonhoeffer would attest to that by saying it actually brings that stuff into the light. And as we know, all dark things that are brought into the light are exposed to what they are and can be healed and you can be set free. Uh, the person who has known forgiveness and release from persistent nagging sin through private confession to one another, should rejoice greatly in the evidence of God's great mercy. 1 John one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just and He will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But there's a problem, right? And this is where... The, the Band-Aid starts to be ripped off. This is where the hairs get caught in in, in the, the glue of the Band-Aid and the wound that's underneath starts to get exposed and there's some pain from this moment. And that's because we take our offenses to the heart of God far too lightly. In a Western indulgent culture, we are so almost desensitized to even the smallest of sins that, that we live with uh, sin that ordinarily should be exposed and, and repented of, but we somehow justify and live with it as a, may, as a means of maybe calling it God's blessing or whatever. But, but Richard Foster in his book would say that we take our sins too lightly. And he says this quote, which is beautiful, um, if we only had a tinge... Of the sense of revulsion that God feels towards sin, then we would be moved to holier living. If we even had an inch, a, a, a drop, of this feeling of revulsion that God does towards sin, that that would drive us to a place of choosing to live a holier life. Um, hectic. Um. One of the purposes of confession is to help us to move into a deeper sense of the sinfulness of sin and not just tolerate it or put up with it, but actually expose it for what it is and try and rid ourselves of it through the discipline of confession. And when it comes to confession, we must remember that the highest delight of God is to forgive. Like we said at the very start, the heartbeat of God is to give and to forgive people. And so when it comes to confession, yes, it's exposing. Yes, it can be embarrassing. Yes, it can be difficult because we're vulnerable. But at the end of the day, if we have a theology on uh, the heart of God, which is correct, then it makes confession so much easier to realize that the highest delight God has for you and for me is to forgive us and bring us healing and wholeness. And freedom, and and no greater example do we see this portray than um, when Jesus gives us the the parable of the prodigal son, and we see a picture of a father who whose son has gone wayward, who's you know lived a a prodigal life of, of frivolous living and comes back broken disheveled and the father runs towards the son embraces the son puts a robe on his shoulders a ring on his finger sandals on his feet embraces him with a hug slaughters the fattened calf and celebrates his return he portrays this beautiful heart of giving to the son forgiving the son and so that is a wonderful picture of a good theology of the heart of god so that should make our confession time that little bit easier to know that the end result is god's embrace god's freedom and god's healing there's three key elements three key elements to um, confession the first is the examination of our conscience. This is where our soul comes under the gaze of God. It's where we are inviting God to move upon our heart and show us areas that we need forgiveness in and we need God's healing touch on. It's a very uh, raw state of vulnerability where we um, examine holistically our conscience our motivations our will our desires before god ask the holy spirit to bring things to the surface that we need to repent of and confess so that god's healing touch can get on um, in this space we must be prepared to um, come face to face with definite sins with the ugly side of our humanity Um, A a generalized confession of, oh God, forgive me of this or forgive me of this area of my life um, might help us avoid humiliation or, or shame, but it will not ignite the true inner healing that needs to take place from true and real confession. And so we need to identify and pinpoint and articulate specifically and stare in the face the ugly reality of our definite sins in order to be able to confess those things and get god's healing on them we must be honest and we must be specific the second element of uh, our confession is sorrow and then when we say sorrow we're not talking about the uh, emotion of sorrow um although there might be a sense of emotive uh, response in that but this sorrow is about this um abhorrence or, or this uh, opposition we have to committing that sin—it's that that feeling of man. I, I I feel bad for committing that sin. I actually feel a sense of sorrow for offending the heart of God through these particular actions. Um, it's having this sense of regret that we have transgressed God or upset God or or disobeyed God. Uh, sorrow is definitely an issue of the will before it is an emotion sorrow is a way of us taking confession seriously that not just do we identify sin through the examination of our conscience but our sorrow helps us to feel the weight of that sin and start to take it seriously which leads to the third area or the third um uh what i've got here the third element of confession which is a determination to avoid sin thomas watson once said that till sin becomes bitter Christ will not be sweet. Till sin becomes bitter, Christ will not be sweet. That is such a powerful, powerful thought to process and think through. Um, this is where this, this determination to avoid sin is where we move to a place where where God um, helps us to desire a holier way of living and and give us this sense of hatred towards unholy living not hatred towards others for living our holy lives because this is all about us this is not about other people this is about us so we we are praying in this moment and asking god to uh, we confess he brings healing uh, and we feel the weight of it and then we move to this desire to to not uh live in a place of willful sinfulness that we ask God to take away that willful desire to sin and replace it with a hatred for unholiness. John Wesley, um, the great revivalist, once said, give me a hundred preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven on this earth. We must desire to be conquered by and ruled by God. And if we don't desire that, then we should desire to desire that. And so that is just such a great thought that um, the goal for us is to to live a holy life, that we have been saved from our sin, we are being saved from the sinfulness in us, and we will be fully saved um, in the next life to come. And this is what theologians will wrestle with this concept of already not yet. We are already saved, but not yet fully experiencing that because we are on this sanctification process. Um, so, f- f- confession may begin with sorrow, but it ends with joy. There is celebration in the forgiveness of, of sins because it results in a genuinely changed life. Um, confession is not about this psychological therapy of just feeling this warm and fuzzy about getting something off your chest it's about God getting into those deep dark corners of our soul and flooding it with his light which brings about forgiveness and healing and freedom for us to have a completely changed and transformed life okay here's a couple of things I want to talk about thoughts on who we should confess to and then some thoughts about what we should do if we are receiving a confession from somebody so first of all thoughts on who we should confess to every Christian believer can receive uh, the confession from somebody else but not every Christian believer will have the sufficient empathy the sufficient understanding or the efficient sufficient maturity to uh, actually receive that so we need to be careful about who it is we are confessing to the truth is some people are unable to keep confidence we will confess something to them and they will see it as this beautiful bit of gossip they can go and talk to somebody else about and they, they do not have the ability to keep their trap shut so we have got to be careful about who we share our confessions with um, others can't handle the shock of hearing about the reality of the sinfulness of other people they, they can't handle to see the ugliness of the sinful side of humanity. Uh, and still there are others who don't understand the significance or the value of confession. And so what they will do is they will just, um, they'll shrug it off and they'll make a remark like, oh, that's not so bad. Oh, you don't have to worry about that. Or, look, it's all good, don't And here you are in a place of vulnerability, knowing that the Holy Spirit has helped you examine your conscience, you've felt that sense of sorrow about this sin, and you're ready to live a life of avoiding sin, and so you've brought this confession to another fellow Christian, expecting their understanding or their support, and they've just shrugged it off like it's nothing. So we've got to be careful of people that just shrug off sin like it's okay or acceptable, and avoid people who will be overwhelmed by the burden of hearing our sin and avoid people who uh, can't keep their mouths closed and don't have this sense of um, trustworthiness in receiving our confession. They're people we should not bring our confession to. Instead, we should look for people who are spiritually mature. We should look for people who have wisdom people who have compassion and empathy, people who have good common sense, and we can see that in their life. And and lastly, people who have, and probably the most importantly, the ability to keep our confidence. And and obviously that builds this um, sense of trust in relationships. So that's some thoughts on who we should bring our confessions to here are some thoughts for those of us who might be receiving confessions those of us who would people would come to us and, hey listen i've got to get some stuff off my chest i've got to get god's healing on these things Um, bonhoeffer writes this another great quote he says anybody who has once been horrified by the dreadfulness of his own sin that nailed jesus to the cross will no longer be horrified even by the rankest sins of his brother So what this means is when we understand the weight of our own sin, when we understand the state of our own sinfulness, that it it was our sin that drove the nails through the, the, the feet and hands of Jesus. It was our sin that saw him hung up on this cross and crucified. When we understand the graveness of what um, our sin did to Jesus, then that should not um, lead us to a sense of surprise or shock when we hear the sins of other people. We should be able to hear the the worst possible thing about the best possible person and not even have our eyelids batter. We shouldn't even be shocked by those things because we understand that sin is pervasive. Sin is the the arch nemesis of the human condition. And it manifests itself in many different ways, shapes, or forms in different people's lives. And when we understand that we have been saved from our sin because of what Jesus did, that helps us have grace and understanding and compassion for somebody else in their sin to get the healing that they need. Um, People want to feel safe when being vulnerable in confession, um, so having a healthy understanding of our own sin will help us respond empathetically, not reactionary, um, to those who trust us with their confession. Um, it's also important to be, to be quiet when receiving someone's confession, when they're opening up to us. We will be tempted to try and cut through the awkwardness with a comment or a, or a thought or or even even things like a scripture, but some, but oftentimes when people are confessing, we just need to be quiet, be still, and listen, and let the Holy Spirit work through that conversation to bring about the healing that needs to happen. Because um, uh, part of the confession is that examination of conscience, it's that um, that sorrow, it's it's that willful desire to avoid sin, and so if we are jumping in with thoughts or or. Or answers then we might be um, you know short circuiting that process of healing during the, the confession process for people um, another thing to remember if we are receiving a confession is do not pry for more information that is not necessary in other words, don't go for the juicy details that, that, that might sound exciting and thrilling for you. Don't try and sensationalize something to make it sound great or, or exciting for you. Um, just just receive the information you've been given so that you get a clear picture of what's being confessed. And if, if you feel like um, that the person has more to confess because, but they're too embarrassed or they're too ashamed to go there or share the fullness to get specific like we talked about earlier, then i would say continue this quietness that we talked about and also bring, bring god into that by just in your spirit be praying for that be interceding in your spirit for that person that god would bring them the confidence to to highlight those things that they need to confess and get out of their heart and into the open bring to the light and finally um pray for the person do not just offer Um, your presence to not just offer your counsel or your opinion but always finish a time of confession with prayer and here are a couple of great things to pray for specifically for people who you are receiving their confession from Um, healing for the inner wounds that the sin has caused Um, even the the seemingly most smallest of sins um, will cause an inner wound inside of somebody so praying for God's healing on the wounds that sin may have caused Um, healing of the mind for the memories of of sorrow and remorse that come from replaying that moment that time those instances over in their head that god would bring healing to the mind of that person Um, pray for a desire for holy living that they can be understand that set free from this to live a life worthy of the call that god has for them and and also pray for a celebration of freedom that comes on the other side of the discipline of confession and assure them that you're there for them assure them that if they need help in future struggles that you're going to be there for them to reach out to um, and to help in those moments so here's a couple of final thoughts Uh, and these are just um, quotes directly from this book which i thought were just amazing Um, the discipline of confession brings about the end of pretense Um, the discipline of confession brings an end to pretense it takes away the pretentiousness that we can often have in church life in other words um, the discipline of confession helps us take off our mask that we put, we all do it, right? We all put on the Christian mask. You go, Everything's awesome. I am saved, set free. Jesus has done a brand new work in me. And, And we can live in this place of putting on our Christian mask and and that feeds that thing that we looked at before about how the church can be perceived as a resort for the righteous because everyone puts on their holiday masks of how great life is um, rather than go, you know what, confession says, I'm just like everybody else, I struggle with sin. Um, And so it just takes away that pretense and allows us to become real, to become vulnerable and allow the Holy Spirit to bring about the, the true transformative healing He needs to bring in our life so that we can above all else guard our heart right Um, and foster would say that honesty leads to confession and confession leads to change and that is probably the most succinct um, summary of this whole message right there honesty leads to confession confession leads to change Not just this sense of, oh, I feel good, I got that off my chest, but this lasting change to move from a life of sinfulness to desire a life more of holiness. So, there it is, the discipline of confession now we're gonna have a couple of things for us to do this week Um, i don't want any of these messages to be just um, theory or just an education i want it to be about transformation that it would actually come into your life and be outworked um, in your discipleship process as a follower of jesus so here's what i want us to ponder this week i want us to find time to sit with god and examine our conscience examine our heart And and with the help of the Holy Spirit, ask him to bring to the surface hidden sin. Stuff that we might be living with, stuff that we might be tolerating, stuff that we might be just sweeping under the carpet, like it's okay, I can deal with that in my own strength. Remember that the the discipline of confession brings the dark things into the light so that healing can come. And if we just try and do our own little personal confession in the dark, that's where they stay. But confession to one another, when we confess ourselves, uh, confess our sins to one another, then, then healing takes place. So this week, find time just to sit like I am right now and close your eyes, bring God into the moment and say, Holy Spirit, search my heart, examine my conscience, bring to the surface areas of my life that are evidences of unholiness, sin that I need to confess and repent of, change my desire for living for the pleasure of myself so that I could live for the pleasure of you, that my life would be a life of worship. And as, as you do that, you will see moments, things, um, attitudes, um, behaviors that that God will be bringing to your attention to to deal with. And so when that happens and this goes into our practice, that's just the, the ponder, the practice is then to find a friend, find a mature friend, find a trustworthy friend, find a wise friend who has spiritual maturity and then bring those things that the Holy Spirit has brought to the surface, bring them in a, in a moment of confession to those, those people or to that person and ask God for freedom from those things to live the life that he's called you to live. So that's our challenge for this week. And I know, like I said, it's ripping off that Band-Aid. It's exposing those wounds that we've tried to cover up. But ultimately, for us to be whole and made free, we have to deal with the inner issues of our heart so that transformation can take place. Because at the end of the day, the church is about making disciples. Our mission is about making disciples. And if we're not working on the inner things of our heart um, and the inner desires of our heart and getting God's transformative um, hand on those things, then we are just you know, treading water and we're not swimming in the direction that God would have us go. So let me pray as we close this morning for our very last online service message i'm going to say it's going to be weird um, not preaching down the barrel of a camera um, i have to work on my nervousness to a group of people but i'm super excited to next sunday um, be able to be preaching live in person with you so please get expectant get prepared for what god will do next sunday morning but until then let's pray god i thank you so much for uh, these last couple of months as we've been studying through these disciplines Lord, I thank you that we would see them as a a spiritual health check of our discipleship, that we would assess ourselves against every one of these disciplines to see how we measure up, to see are we living the life of a disciple as best we could be. Not that it's about works not that it's about effort or striving in our own strength but it's more about us being assured of uh, who we are in you and that that would flow out of us in how we live this life lord for this particular discipline that we have studied today the discipline of confession lord i know that this is challenging i know it's hard for us to be vulnerable i totally get that it is it's not natural for us to be uncomfortable Because Lord knows we love to live comfortable lives in the West. But I pray that you would help us to have the braveness and the boldness to get uncomfortable in order to expose the sin in our life and confess those areas so that we can ultimately have the healing and freedom that we need to to live at the maximum potential you have for us as your disciples. Lord, this week, would you help us find that time to, to sit with you, to have you expose uh, those things in our heart and in our lives. And would you bring people around us with the maturity who are trustworthy to be able to help us in, uh, uh, in receiving our confession of these things who can walk alongside us in the healing process? And Lord, we thank you for freedom that comes on the other side of our confession in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week, guys, and we'll see you live next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about our online services, visit c3ch.online.church and come say hi on Facebook and Instagram.